You heard it here first. The rubber chicken says impeach him. That's right. And welcome to Lewis Black's Rantcast 25. And boy, did we have a week, huh? God, I'm going to call this one too little, too fucking late. Unbelievable. And they can't impeach him. It's just extraordinary to me. I was born and raised in Washington, D.C., well, around it. As I've said before, you don't really say if you're born and raised in Silver Spring, I was born and raised in Silver Spring. It sounds a little well, but you know, come on. You say, hey, I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. There's a little more dignity and a little toughness to it. And it's uh, utterly stunning to have sat there and watched that group be able to kind of literally storm the Capitol that I had been in uh, on numerous occasions just to walk through because it was there. Many people in this country never get to fucking see it. And it's just too goddamn bad because I think if most people got to see it, that they would have... uh, have more of a sense of what it means, those buildings, and what those buildings expect of the people inside them. It's really the one great thing about coming from there is the Capitol, the Supreme Court, the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. One of the, the, the most extraordinary thing about coming from there is, is that you get to wander uh, amongst those amazing buildings to stand in front of the Capitol and turn around and look at the, the magnificence of the Lincoln Memorial. And, and, and those are words I fucking hardly ever use. But seriously, it, is, it, it left something. The Jefferson's Memorial, the whole sense of it, the White House, the seat of our government, and people don't get to see it. They have no real appreciation as we saw this week, if you have any appreciation for it, you certainly don't storm it. You certainly would have been hesitant to have besmirched its dignity. And that's, and I'm being fucking kind, besmirching its dignity. I couldn't come up with any other words, and I'm not going to sit here and look for it. It is disgusting. One thing when I was a kid to be afraid of the Russians and the have people be building uh, bomb shelters in their backyard. That was a sense of that, the enemy. That was the enemy. We had to unite against the enemy. I can't imagine uh, how uh, a parent explains uh, what happened last week to their kids. I, I kept hearing all week, what do you say? And what do you say to those news programs? The next, what do you say to your kids, huh? Well, bring out the rubber chicken. Huh? Why don't you <laughs> impeach him? That's what you say to your kids. And then you go, it's time for dinner. I I don't know what you say to your kids. There is an argument that what the leader did by whipping that crowd in, first inviting the crowd, then whipping the crowd into a frenzy, along with his pal Rudy and Tootie and Fruity, his kids, I mean, Tootie and Fruity, sending them down to the the Capitol. I'll meet you there. What was shocking... To me, because I, I expected there would be some kind of uh, riot, maybe, or um, protest, which might turn into a riot. I didn't expect that they would be able to get into what is supposed to be one of the most secure places on earth. I would have expected 
when I looked as they were compiling in that there would have been bodies in place besides the Capitol Police Force. It's unbelievable. It's beyond disturbing. It's ridiculous. They had the time, even as they were told they had the time to get people there, even if it was to get them there once those people were in that building to go in there and grab those people and put them into the paddy wagons and take them away. Now you got to sit there and look on Facebook and whatever other books. Whoever, I never heard of Parler. And they didn't even spell it right. <laughs> I, I don't know how you explain what happened there. Those images, those deaths, they killed people. They killed people. Yeah, they're so big on the law. They're so, the law is so important. The, 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 our country is so important that we have to kill some cops to be sure that our leader stays in power. Gee, I don't know how you explain that to kids. I don't know how you explain that to a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old. When I was a kid, they would talk about the enemy was Russia. So it was, a, it was an enemy who was outside the United States. And so we all had a common enemy. There was for a time when I was very young, uh, uh, Joe McCarthy, who was considered, uh, he made political hay by uh, uh, saying that many people were, were communists in this country. They'd been a part of the Communist Party. They were trying to take us over from within. Uh, eventually, that nonsense came to an end. And they, they still do it in terms of socialism, which is not going to happen. Okay? Got it? We love capitalism too much. It won't be a socialist country, all right? So stop that bullshit. Stop that nonsense. Stop those lies. Joe Biden's a socialist. Get a grip on reality. Okay? God, it's called a safety net. It's called making possible, as my parents had, an ability to, to manage and live without a lot of fear that uh, when they, if they woke up the next day and something really awful happened, that they couldn't deal with it. I don't know how you explain to your kids what was, was witnessed that day. I don't know how you say, there's, well, the, the enemy is a group of people inside the country. And they're really upset. They're so upset that they, uh, that they had to storm the government because they're so in love with, they so adored this one man. How do you explain insurrection? How do you fucking explain insurrection to a seven-year-old? It's easier, I think, to explain the calculus, for fuck's sake. You shouldn't have to do that. And they argue, they're sitting there arguing over whether there should be impeachment or not. Are you shitting me? You have to impeach, whether you like it or fucking not. Because if you're not going to teach civics, if you want to leave the children of our country with a message about how democracy works, and the peaceful transition of power. If you want to leave history a message, if you want to leave other countries who are trying their damnedest to run their own democracies, if you want to leave that message, you impeach him for what was done. There are other crimes that were committed all the way, along the way. 
And Jim Jordan has the nerve to say, uh, it's seven days before he's going to leave office. Uh, how's that going to bring us together? It's not supposed to bring us together. That's not what it's about. It's about punishing him for crimes that he committed. You have to say there is lines that even the president can't cross. We've allowed chunk of power more and more and more during my lifetime to be bestowed on the president of the United States. Because somehow in our heart of hearts, we, we still, I guess, pine for a king somewhere in our DNA or whatever, or not our, not our, DNA, our political DNA, meaning coming from Britain. I haven't got time to explain this shit. I've got too much crap pumping through my brains. Jordan, Nunez, Nudnik, McCarthy, Hawley, Cruz, all those people who basically after they walk in there, after all that had happened, you know, they're walking in to vote. The statuary is in that building has been defaced a lot of it. Things were stolen. Offices were ransacked. We're just lucky that people actually had the common fucking sense to pick up the boxes with the electoral votes in them. And they'd walk back in and what is it, a hundred Congress people and and a handful of senators back up his bullshit. It was the cleanest election ever in this country. As good as an election could be, 99.999% pure. So you, you don't stand there and do that, and undermine that, and undermine the next president of the United States. You don't have that right. Not at all. And in the best of all possible worlds, if you're not going to be censured by those who sit around you, you you certainly will be censured by history. And hopefully, uh, when you go back to get a vote, they'll go no. And the only thing that scared the shit out of you which is apparently now they're going to take away your funding. All those corporations said they're not going to give money to you. Oh, boy. Because, you know, boy, what was important to you, the reason you wanted him to be the leader was because he got your money. Boy, did you get, you went for cheap. You went for cheap. You got what you wanted. You got whatever the chunk of change was. You got businesses to be more important than the environment, than climate than people, all right? You got the courts packed with all the fuckers you want, okay? Now go quietly, because the damage you have done is going to take a goddamn long time for us to have to repair. And I'm not just talking the damage that's inside that building. And to get that, to get us back on track, they, I we watch that thing because he was no, from the very beginning, from the moment you've allowed him, you said, well, that's just what he talks like. He doesn't really believe that all Mexicans are rapists. Well, then shut the fuck up. And you say you say you don't get to say that, and you don't get to separate families, and you don't get to the list is fucking endless. And when he says he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, well, he did. For all intents and purposes, he shot up five. And that, in a sense, already, days later, is a cliche for me to say that. But at least the rubber chicken (laughs) had a voice here today.
God. It's just, you know, James Hawley, they took away his book deal. Wah, 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 wah. Why did they take away my book deal? It's cens- no, it's not censorship. They didn't want to be associated with someone who was not willing to say that uh, the duly elected president of the United States who won an election fair and square was the next president of the United States. That you would try to say that somehow it was rigged. You don't get to do that, James. And that's what you were told. And you too, Ted, you don't get to do that. None of you should have done it. None of you. And then you vote for $600 for the Americans who have to watch this, who've suffered enough. This government, oh, we're going to get these vaccines out. They didn't. They had no plan in place. None. None. They had no plan in place. That's punishment enough. That's impeachable enough. You idiots wander around inside there without masks on. What do we got to do? What do we have to do in order to get the physical and mental health of our country back when you refuse to believe anything that has to do with facts and reality? We're not allowed two different realities anymore, all right? That was partly what was voted on. A country was voted on, a party was voted on, uh, the direction of a country was voted on, but I believe more importantly, reality was voted on. And people said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going to buy that reality. And that's the deal. And so reality hopefully is back in place where it should be. And you don't get to make shit up anymore. You can look at the facts and you can have your own interpretation of the facts. And that's always what this has been about. It's always the way arguments have been. Democrats look at one fact one way, Republicans look at the fact the other way. Then they argue about that fact and how, how do we deal with that? That's the way it is. Not, well, my fact says, no, fuck you. It is the fact. Fucking, fuck, fuck, fuck. God, the group of people who ransacked that building what I find astonishing about them and a lot of those who supported this leader was the fact that these people were the ones who were the most suspicious of authority, most suspicious of governmental authority, and that you thought that bringing somebody off of a TV show would change, that you could embrace him, that would change things. Now you've got the person you want. Okay, and you stop being suspicious of authority. You never stop being suspicious of authority, ever. Okay, you pick someone that you think will do the best job, and then you keep your fucking eye on them. Where the fuck did you go? He's the most wonderful. The audiences who came to the shows during the time that he was in office, and I hardly talked about him. It was the most whiny reaction I ever had. And I talked about that on stage all the time, and I talked about it all the time. How come you didn't talk about Obama? I talked about all of them. Because that's part of my job, is to talk about them. But you guys, you guys, really, you're suspicious of all authority except him. What What did you get out of it? 
What did all of that money that come in? Did you get some money? It was that. It was that what helped? What did you get? The hat, the flag, a couple of uh, his big get-togethers. You get to go to those. That was what you got. Yeah, that's what made your day. That's what tripped your trigger. Please, I'm begging you, stop. Stop it. Stop defending the indefensible. It's exhausting to watch and listen to and to live through and to argue with. And most of all, it's fucking impossible to satirize because the line has been crossed. Okay? You cross the Rubicon of sanity in terms of the way in which we govern ourselves. Just because you want it that way doesn't mean you get to have it that way. That's why we vote. It's called Tufsky Shitsky. There was a vote. It really happened. There was no fraud. You lost. We move on. And we certainly do, because this week we head toward Montclair, New Jersey. It's always nice to play Montclair. I got a lot of friends there. I had a bunch of folks that I work with in a, a writing group that was a great writing group, and, and sadly, uh, we had to stop because of the pandemic. And um, I'd mentioned a bunch of the folks that I, uh, that came that night, but uh, I don't want to name drop. Not here at the end. <laughs> so um, we were at the Wellmont Theater. It's a terrific theater out there. In the, I'm lucky enough, I say this all the time, but it's true. I'd say 95% of the places that play are, are really beautiful theaters. And I hope that all of them have been able to survive this madness and that I'll be able to come back and see one of them somewhere down the road as I sit here waiting for a vaccine, which also they can't seem to get done because they haven't figured out uh, how to get the states to do it because the states had problems because of the distribution from the feds and no federal government leadership. And I'm, uh, and, uh, and then the, the states didn't have enough money and then they didn't have things in place. And we've had a lot of time to think about it. A lot of these things that are problems seem to be the same problems I have every day as I kind of go wandering around the house wondering what I didn't do. What did I not get done today? But I didn't get this done. I'm sorry, I've kind of took us on an off ramp there as we were heading <laughs> toward Montclair. We did some really uh, fun um, rants there. And some really great rants have been coming in, and I want to thank you all for those. And be sure um, to keep sending them, because uh, even as we wind through this uh, tour and I continue to add new rants, I've already stockpiled a bunch, and I will continue to do that. We will do more of these rant casts. I want to really thank you all for uh, for keeping me sane. <laughs> yeah, me and my rubber chicken pal. Sane because you've been listening. Or at least I think you've been listening. And I, I really appreciate that. Hopefully you'll get vaccinated soon. Hopefully we'll move forward. Hopefully we'll be in the long run better off for this. I certainly hope that our children and our children's children are. And I think they will be. Because they'll be learning an important lesson. Wow, what a bunch of assholes were wandering around this country then. What were they thinking? What were they doing? Thank you for your time and your energy and being there. This rant comes to us from Barbara Rosenau. 
First, we have a criminal occupying the White House. Following him are Republican congressmen in the House and Senate who must be so fearful of his retaliation that they are willing to support his unethical and illegal attempts to vilify and overturn a bona fide election. Planting these seeds of doubt does not bode well for future elections. (laughs) Or what's recently come to pass, I'll point out, Barbara, but you wrote this a little earlier. Second, we have an all-consuming killer virus that has taken more than 350,000 souls in this country. Yet so many members of our population remain enamored with a misplaced notion of the superiority of American rugged individualism and selfishness that they are willing to ignore the data, measurable, quantitative, proven data, that this virus can be a death sentence. Third, the Philadelphia Eagles suck eggs. They just suck. Congratulations on the victory of your Washington football team. WTF, oops, I mean WFT. Oh, aren't you a cutie there at the end? Uh, When she wrote it, it was 16 days to January 20th. Thanks, Lou. I feel better. It's Saturday, uh, Barbara, and uh, we have three big games on today. The third of which I'm waiting for is is my, my what the fuck team. Uh, as you so aptly put it. And we're playing uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That should be interesting. Oh, boy. Oh, well. At least a minute. You know, if you're not in it, you can't win it. Oh, boy. That'll give you an idea what the lockdown has done to my freedom of expression or ability to express myself or using my freedom of expression, how I can express myself. Oh, boy. God. I'm just waiting for kickoff so I can stop working. Thanks, Barbara. This comes to us uh, from Frank Allen. Our current healthcare system is complete bullshit. My wife was a recovered drug addict. I knew this when we met. She'd been clean and sober for three years, and about seven months ago, we fell on hard times, much as the rest of middle-class workers in this country. She lost her job and my hours were reduced. And during our times of struggle, stress, and anxiety, she fell off the wagon and began using again. She tried to hide it for a while, but knowing the signs to look for, I eventually found everything. After months of fighting about it, I finally convinced her to get help. Here comes the actual rant. I have a decent job working in the quality department of an automotive manufacturing company. It's not the best job. But we do have some of the best health insurance money can buy. At least that's what the company tells me when they deduct a quarter of my paycheck every two weeks to pay for it. But we have been with Blue Cross Blue Shield for years now. It has always had good coverage, cheap deductibles and affordable prescription coverage. Do you know what they don't cover? Drug addiction and mental health. After being rejected from multiple clinics, Finally, one of the nurses told her, you know, if you left your husband, you could get a government medical card and we can completely cover you. So now my choices are continue to let my wife get worse and worse on drugs until she either overdoses or uses all of our little bit of money and we lose our house, pay for her medical treatment out of pocket until we run out of money and lose our house, or divorce my wife so we can scam the shitty system and feel like I'm being a piece of shit living off the taxpayers. That's what's fucked up about the system. It only works for the wealthy or people that don't work at all. So fuck the healthcare system. 
What is the point of having health insurance that doesn't pay for health needs without bankrupting yourself? I thought the whole point of insurance was to not go bankrupt when you need health care. Uh, thanks, uh, Frank, and I'm sure it wasn't easy. I'm, I'm glad if I hope I help getting it off your chest in, in the midst of all that has gone on this past week. People are dealing with their own private shitstorms. And uh, even after the, uh, the, the major shitstorm, <laughs> or the, one of the causes of the shitstorm leaves office, and please don't, I don't want to hear the blowback on that. These are the kinds of problems we're going to be left with because they weren't dealt with for a long, long time. A long time. Thanks, Frank. Uh, this comes from Adam Staley. Dear Lewis, my name is Adam, writing from Charlotte, North Carolina. On New Year's Eve, my lovely girlfriend decided she didn't want to be with me anymore. How did she pass this information to me? with a fucking text message. Are we in high school? No, we are grown ass adults in our thirties. And to make it worse, I had just found out a day before that I was losing my job. What the actual fuck? As I sat alone on New Year's Eve, crying into my cheap, overpriced American beer, it suddenly hit me. What if 2021 is the final boss, the real motherfucker? Are we doomed, Adam? Granted, the, uh, the, the first week has not been, <laughs> been a great one. Uh, and you've certainly uh, been uh, kicked around a little bit more than necessary. But uh, I, I, let's not make judgment yet. Let's see uh, if we're on the uh, yellow brick road, <laughs> if that even applies. I, I think, uh, I don't think we're doomed. I think we're we're fucked up, but I think there are enough of us around that, uh, and certainly a majority of us around, who can pick up the pieces and put it back together. He certainly has turned uh, democracy into a puzzle, and then uh, threw all the puzzle pieces on the floor. Fuck. Sorry. Sorry it was a shitty New Year's Eve, Adam. I'm sorry to laugh. That does suck. It, I mean, it truly does suck. I, I'm only laughing. I, I don't really know why I laughed at him. I think it's just, you kind of, what else do you do at some points in the midst of this? Parker Duff sent us this rant. As a later 20s millennial, my social media is continually inundated with saving the dates and gender announcements. I sit in my apartment with my cat and bong and wonder, where the fuck do you get off? What I have seen all year is people still having weddings and parties, even with masks and distancing. Why does it bother me? Uh, because you really could have waited. Uh, you could have postponed it. You, you could have paused and said, you know what? Waiting one more year is easy enough. But you didn't. It's not that you couldn't sign the paper and then have the ceremony later. It's not as if uh, they were at risk of losing their dream wedding venue to fucking global warming. No, it was just that you had to get married. Why? You already live with them. And by law of your shame cult, that's just as good as, <laughs> well, come on. 
Your parties could have been better and meant so much more because you wouldn't be putting yourself or others at risk. But you didn't. You decided that it was necessary that you and your bridesmaids or your groomsmen or or your reservations couldn't wait. Wouldn't it have been so much sweeter to know that the life of your grandmother or father or niece was absolutely safe? Not relying on a friend of yours or aunt or relative who didn't think COVID was that big of a deal? They didn't feel bad, so why would they worry? You decided on your glorified picture day it was worth the lives of hundreds. What's more is it may not affect you directly. It may not affect any of your family. But what about the photographer's family or the caterer or the venue staff or the hundreds of thousands of people that are indirectly connected? Still worse, what about the sick janitors and nurses and doctors and essential workers that will have to deal with the consequences of your perfect day? Your wake is more extensive than the path your boat cuts in the water, and your inability and indifference to the repercussions of your action are sickening, selfish, and it shows your lack of humanity. Yep, and that's that was all still going on this week, Barker. Thank you. In the midst of this week, there was a pandemic still raging. I uh, hope I get your name right. It's, uh, I believe it's Lyle Oberkresser who has sent in this rant. It's about, well, I'll read. I'll read it and shut up. All right. I'm just trying to have a relaxing Sunday afternoon enjoying football. However, the fine people at Allstate have pissed me off. The game went uh, to commercial to see a couple dressed like astronauts driving a moon rover on the moon. On the fucking moon. As the rover continues to drive and defy gravity, this little nugget is shown on the bottom of my screen. Do not attempt. Are you fucking kidding me? Do not attempt? Is is this even the least bit necessary? How many people are watching the Bucks play the Falcons from the comfort of their own home on the moon? None. No one lives on the fucking moon. There is no way possible. Anyone could attempt this. So why do the people at Allstate think we need to be told not to attempt this? Fuck Allstate. I've seen that ahead a number of times and thought it was stupid just on its own. I did not. I never saw that little nugget there. And thanks for pointing it out, Lyle. <laughs> That's funny. This rant was uh, comes to us from Lisa Sineda. It was written uh, the day after the mob stormed the Capitol. I wish people would stop making all sorts of comparisons to yesterday's events. I'm, I'm seeing the ignorant masses on social media make comparisons to uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, security, Trumpsters, liberals, black, white, rich, poor. I have never been so saddened and embarrassed for my country. A friend thought she'd teach her eight-year-old about the Electoral College yesterday and instead ended up explaining words like insurgents and coup. The bottom line is this. It was wrong. Fucking wrong. Doesn't matter who did what. It was wrong. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, uh, David Detlefs. Uh, I hope I got that right um, for this rant. 
We live in Iowa, and both my kids have had the hardest year ever. Not only did my kids have to try and learn online, when neither my wife and I are at home, this was my daughter's first year in middle school. I love her to the ends, but she's so fucked up right now, it's hard to deal with. She had to move into middle school where her class size quadrupled. She doesn't get to see her friends, and she is hitting that special time in every girl's life. And my son, well, he's faring better, but he's 16 and doesn't give a shit about anything. Well, at least if he does, he doesn't tell me. Let's then add a fucktard of a governor who has her tongue so far up Trump's ass that all she can taste is money. I met this dumb, self-absorbed money whore during a COVID trial I was in. She looked so vacant when she talked to me and seemed more interested in getting her picture with federal officials than how I was feeling. You know what they gave me? A fucking gold coin stamped with some bullshit COVID relief symbol on it. It took an experimental drug that could have given me a third nut or killed me, and all I got in thanks was a fucking commemorative coin? Because having COVID is something I want to remember? Anyway, I digress. How do I explain to my kids exactly what the fuck is happening in this country? They are already scared and pissed off that we've been shut-ins for a year. Or do I just apologize to them for having to live with their anxiety-ridden parents who don't want to turn on the TV for fear of seeing another shitstorm that makes Sharnado look like a wading pool? David? Detlefs. I don't know how you explain this to kids, which is probably the reason, David, I don't have kids. I, uh, at, some, at some point, I said that uh, my, uh, my destiny in life was to, uh, you know, fuck up other people's kids so they could deal with it. I think one of the things that is the main lesson is this is what happens when you uh, don't participate in a democracy when you don't participate in the government, when you uh, don't pay attention to who's leading you. I think that's, it's a teachable moment, as as many people say. It's a teachable moment, teaching your kids uh, civics. What do they want from a leader? What do they expect from a leader? And why, uh, why we should never elect someone like the leader that was just elected. And also, you know, It's something that I believe in. You you don't uh, give authority a a full pass. You don't totally trust authority ever. You always have to remain somewhat suspicious of authority. That's a good lesson for the kids, especially after this bullshit. I hope that COVID test worked out. Is that a vaccine? If so, I I hope it was the right one. This is a rant written by Miller Pichon. I hope I got that right, Miller. This rant is yet another example of how hypocritical people can be. And this is the type of person that absolutely brings my fucking blood to a boil. You see, I ordered a new exhaust for my new PT Cruiser. I want to make my PT the most badass one on the road. And plus, I believed it would be great hands-on training that would help me gain some mechanical experience so I could get to know my car better mechanically. For weeks, I thought about how cool she, as she, S-H-I-2, that's my car's name, she, she, 
2, <laughs> that's the name of his car, would sound while driving amongst the other tuners with their souped-up Hondas and Subarus. Now, what you're about to read next is sure to make you scream. Eventually, my exhaust arrived in the mail, and who better to intercept my package than my raving, hypocritical, pissant father? He collects my package and then calls me out of my room to question me about it. The next thing I know, he goes into this whole tangent about how I wasted my money and how my peachy cruiser is going to eventually just end up in the junkyard with all the other ones. He then uses his first car as an example, which was a Dodge Colt hatchback. Then he tells me that his car was a piece of shit, but he still drove it nonetheless, and that his old man would never let him invest any money. The only thing that my dad did that was even close to modifying his car was buying some of that fucking white wall paint for his tires. Don't even ask me what kind of stupid poser shit that is. However, with me and my PT Cruiser, it's a different story. I wanted a convertible, but couldn't get one for insurance reasons. So I had to settle for this car. So I made a vow to myself that I would make this car work for me. Since last summer, I've worked hard on making that car totally me. I purchased new headlights, chrome lettering, and, and LED valve caps. I even went so far as to take the, the GT spoiler off of my old PT Cruiser and install it on my current one. And now, my own father is trying to discourage me from installing a new fucking exhaust on my car. <laughs> what a fucking asshole! The irony in this is he himself also works on cars, and he has taught me many things about working on cars, such as how to change a tire. Now that I'm transitioning into my 20s, I've been teaching myself more ways to work on my car. I've had to teach myself how to replace a headlighting unit after I hit a deer and smash my headlight. So in conclusion, I just want to say that I don't give a dead moose's last shit what my old man says. I'm going ahead with the exhaust insulation. And that's final. Oh, and Dad, you little piece of shit, don't expect me to ask you for help with this project. Miller, aspiring PT Cruiser Tuner. Uh, thank you, Miller. PT Cruiser Tuner. Oh, tuning up his car. Sometimes I'm a little slow, especially during these times where I'm kind of locked down. But uh, I had not even thought of the PT Cruiser in I can't even tell you how many years, let alone the Dodge Colt hatchback. So thanks. <laughs> thanks for taking me out of the, the madness and the maelstrom and the shitstorm for a moment and transferring me back to another time. Miller wrote this just the day before the, uh, what is, you know, many are calling an insurrection. I, I kind of agree with that. More than I kind of agree with it, it was. Uh, thank you, Miller. I hope you get that car done. And realize your, your father probably helped by, uh, you know, giving you an obstacle to overcome. Said, well, you know, it's that kind of, well, then fucking, I'm going to get this done. Every so often, uh, you know, by accident, our parents do help. <laughs> We're coming to you from the, uh, what the fuck theater? The well, the well, I just fucking, the Wellmont. The Wellmont, right? Yeah, in Montclair, New Jersey. It's a, a beautiful theater and it's a great audience and it's, uh, 
and it's a pleasure being here. I'm, a lot of it's a, for those of you who don't know Montclair, uh, it's outside of New York, and um, uh, don't come here because they're not really happy. <laughs> they came out here for a reason. They don't want people coming to bother them. They fled New York. They brought their families. We must run. We must flee. <laughs> They all seem very happy here. I have many friends here. They, it's disturbing how much they enjoy themselves, even though they seem to be holding a bitterness thing that's, that they brought from New York, like a little bag with them. They go upstairs to their attic and go, God damn it, fuck, fuck, shit, bullshit, bullshit. And then they go down and smile at dinner. I... I'll let them speak for themselves. First, I would like to say to uh, this last night I read um, a, a piece that I didn't realize was uh, written for tonight. And it, it's written by Jessica McKay. And uh, you hear Jessica? Yes. Yeah, well, I fucked up. <laughs> the good news is, is I read it last night. They went nuts over it in Shippensburg. Um, and so you should move there. They're ready to welcome you. It's, it'll be on when, it, when we when we show them next week. So you'll be on the Shippensburg State. And, and so I'm sorry about that. Usually I'm on top of this shit, but it's it's the horse sees the barn. We're almost done. We got one more show. I'm kind of <laughs> so um, so we start with Patrick Petulo. People in Montclair can't navigate a four fucking way stop. Everything. One of the things I learned from about 200 of the things that I got from folks was is that apparently nobody in Montclair knows how to drive. Nobody. They're shitty drivers. They come here. That's one of the reasons they gather. They left New York where they never had to drive. Then they came here and went, fuck, it's bumper cars. <laughs> Not only that, this is from Brooke Schultz. And the parking here is horse shit. Horse shit. Um, well, in Shippensburg, you should know, uh, it's Amish country, and it actually, the you don't park in horseshit, you drive through horseshit. Um, so they're not happy. That's it, Literally, there's nowhere to park. And now they are going to build parking spaces here, and as a result of that, people are screaming about that, too. It doesn't matter what they do. They will never be happy here. Um, uh, this is, and this will give you night. Mordecai Guffman. Hi, from Montclair, New Jersey. Why do people from other states come to Jersey and piss us off? Why can't they just not exist? <laughs> I, I pretty much, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, New York State, uh, in Massachusetts, this is the epicenter of bitterness. <laughs> that statement could have been re read by anyone from that area. It's literally like to say, why can't they just not exist? To fucking 49 states, just wipe them the fuck out. Okay, this is Yuri Rusko, overachieving mall cops, walking into this place to watch his show. The human security barrier who searched my bag made me throw away my empty bottle of water. Apparently, it's because if the bottle has a cap, then I'll be tempted to throw it at you. <laughs> Apparently, you told them to do this. 
I didn't tell them, okay? I don't walk around in a uniform going, you must do this, okay? I don't. Um, I don't do security, okay? It's, it's hard enough for me to get my nap in, okay? <laughs> but, but the reason, in part, we, they may have done it, this is, this is true. I was uh, on stage in, uh, <coughs> at a Bonnaroo at a rock concert with the government mule had asked me to come on stage, and I talked for a little bit. And uh, I'd done this thing, and it was really, I was just kind of standing there as a part of the group, and a guy took a giant water bottle, not filled with water, and threw it and hit me in the head. So, so it wasn't that crazy, Yuri. So you might have, you know, who knew? You know, you might have gone, you didn't talk enough about Trump, and then, bam! This is from Kurt Beale. Drove two hours to Montclair to New Jersey to find out you'll be in Kingston, New York, 30 minutes from my home. something that I've discovered uh, in terms of uh, what's happened with social media. What social media has done is basically people now know what's playing outside of their area. They have no idea what the fuck's happening across the street. <laughs> but I literally will have like 10, 15, 20 people who will show up at a show and um, was that a noise or did I just did that was just me? Was that inside my head? Um, the people will show up at a show and come from miles and miles away where I'm going to be doing a fucking show. I go, what the fuck are you doing here? Well, we didn't know. What the fuck? Fucking how? And then people who were in the town go, what are you doing here? Uh. Um, this is from Olivia Brinton. This is an interesting concept. When I find it hard to see the humanity in certain people, I liken them to animals. Since I like them a lot more. Case in point, I couldn't get through the congressional hearings without deciding that Jim Jordan, spelled G-Y-M, <laughs> was a giant squirrel. <laughs> he basically is. <laughs> so, Ali Most, why is everything a goddamn fundraiser at my kid's school? Can't I just pay it to a no fundraiser fundraiser at the beginning of the year? So they'll leave me alone. I don't want a cheesecake or a bucket of mums. I want to be left alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm terrible in that way. It's like they go, uh, would you like to do our fundraiser? And I go, what can I pay you so I don't have to do the fucking fundraiser? <laughs> this is from uh, Dale Spindell. Chris Christie, I just was excited to see his name. Chris Christie continues to be a big hypocritical piece of shit who needs to keep his mouth shut. He's He's leading, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't know this. He's leading some kind of organization at Seton Hall University about promoting civility in public life. That's true? Of course it's true. Of course it's fucking true. What, he fucking what? Did he meet Saul of Tarsus on the road? Are you shitting me? This is from Stephen Ridge. 
how fucked education is. By the way, my grandma says, fuck you. <laughs> Stephen, please say fuck you back to your grandma. Um, this is John McGlynn. I'm at the Wellmont. He's here tonight. We had a situation this week when our heat stopped working. Ooh, that's no fun. We called our gas company, with whom we've had worry-free service. <laughs> the serviceman came early and immediately started to complain about the dust in our boiler room, which doubles as our cat litter room and our laundry room. Okay, I get it. Um, so he said he would be back in an hour, and we removed all the cat-related items from said room and bleached the floor. Our hero returns and says, wow, what is going on here? He is referring to our boiler. He then says there is dust on the pipes and insides. I told him that the cats don't sh shit inside the boiler, <laughs> which would be, uh, wait for it, a catastrophe! <laughs> So I told him to tell his boss to send someone else, which finally happens in the late afternoon. The second guy walks in and tweaks a few things and woof, we are on fire. The boiler, I mean. In the meantime, we call another company without much looking or checking, recommended thousands of dollars of repairs for a new, or a new boiler. I digress. Back to our hero. Doesn't fixing boilers require people going into dusty areas and basements? What the fuck? And the other robber baron looking to make a month, his month on us? Thank God for the third guy, which restores my faith in humanity. No! Merry Christmas to all. This is from Kathy Perman, who I believe I actually read one the last time, because they do so well with their uh, GPS. This is when my husband got us here. Last time we saw you was in Englewood. We got home by way of turning around after going over the George Washington Bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the George Washington Bridge. Hubby doesn't trust the map lady on my cell phone. Fuck you, Google. And the battery on the cell phone. Fuck you, Samsung. Made her a bit iffy anyway. Uh, I am reasonably certain that we'll be able to get home in under an hour this time. We live in Verona, which is only 2.2 <laughs> fucking miles away. So from a non-practicing Jew, he's perfect already. And his shiksa wife, happy Hanukkah, and Merry Christmas to you and yours. This is Stephen Hoffman. I can't believe it. Why is it that the creator of Pringles? All right, Stephen, I'm just going to say something. I have never fucking ever understood the attraction of Pringles. I mean, I don't know. I think it's insulation. I don't get it. It's why God gives us bags of chips, you fucking idiot. They're tasty, they fucking, they sweat a little, they got shit on them. They come in a variety of really great flavors. If what the fuck is with that Pringle fuck can? What is the matter with you? But I, I'll, I digress. I'll let you state your case. You have a good case, but I don't understand why you put that shit in your mouth. Why is it that the creators of Pringles can't design a container large enough to fit your hand in? <laughs> to, to reach the delicious potato snacks. 
I'm forced to tip the can, which results in a volcanic overflow of broken chips, dust, and shit everywhere. Every other snack food conglomerate has been using bags for decades without an issue. Never have I found myself asking, gee, I wish it was fucking harder to eat these chips. But along came Pringles to introduce the asinine tennis ball tube-shaped phallus to make consuming their product an absolute headache. And then I will leave you with this. Um, I want to thank you all for coming out on what was a dog shit night. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I hope you have a uh, hope you have a good holiday season and all that you know all that crap and uh, I hope it's good. And it's, it's always a little creepy when Hanukkah and Christmas are this close because it's just it's really not right. We really need. I've said this time and again in my act, and I, I really believe it. We got Hanukkah needs to be moved to like April. It just really. I don't care. I've had friends. Well, it's really no, it's not. It doesn't compare. It's, it just looks so sad in comparison. It does. I don't give a fuck, you know? You know, playing with a top? Fuck you. Fuck you. Eight days of gifts? Oh, yeah, we're going to look. You know, my, my parents should light candles for like three days, and then they'd say, you want to see a light? Look at the pilot light. So, so tomorrow night is our last show and then uh, we start up in mid-January we'll be on the road again and uh, well, hopefully with, with a new tour calling called it gets it gets better every day so uh, um, so we'll end with Diane Feldman's she's here uh, I'll tell you why we're fucked we're fucked because we were taught to make dioramas to prove we've read a book in school. I was a whiz kid. First off, I've not heard the word diorama in 42 years. I was a whiz kid in liberal educational system, and now I can't do shit for myself. For example, I bought an electric generator to get through blackouts this winter, and I can't even start the fucking thing. I This is an indictment of the liberal fucking public fucking school fucking system. They will find me frozen stiff laying next to my electric fucking generator this winter. You better make a living wage with that degree in the anthropology of religion because you'll have to hire a handyman to do everything for the rest of your life. Or use what you learned in gender studies to trick a handyman into marrying you because you can't do shit for yourself. Thank you very much, Montclair. Take care of yourself. Thanks to all of you for listening to my Rantcast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip.
And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me. Ha <laughs> Lewis Black. Our live rant audio was produced by James Salkin. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. 